Welcome to the Love Makers Podcast, your guide to navigating love and relationships. Brought to you by Inner Meets Outer and your hosts, Jade Huang and Daniel Meyer, partners both in life and in coaching. Each episode will share practical tips and insights for all stages of your relationship journey. This podcast is part of Inner Meets Outer's mission to empower you with agency and gratitude, both in your love life and your life at large. So join us as we dive into the world of love together. Welcome, lovemakers, back again with Daniel and my beautiful partner, Jade. Jade, can you say hi? Hi. <laughs> what a beautiful hi, right? Oh, I'm happy to be here with her, and I'm happy to be here to talk about five habits that successful relationships have, successful and healthy relationships have. You know, often I am confronted by clients or just friends who come up to me or come up to Jade and ask us, you know, what's what's the secret to a good relationship? What's the secret to having a healthy relationship? And it got us to think, we've heard it enough, it got us to think that, hey, maybe we should come up with an actual list of habits that couples should have or could have to improve their relationship, to have a healthy and strong relationship. So we compiled a list, and there's quite a few things on that list, but we took them and we found out which ones had commonalities, and kind of narrowed it down to five basic habits that all relationships probably should have in one form or another to keep it strong and healthy. And when we talk about habits, we use that word for a very specific reason. A habit is like the foundation by which you're building your house, your relationship house. You know, it's really nice to have a grand staircase or a fireplace or a super high-tech uh, electronic system, speaker system inside the house. But it's not necessary for the shelter, for its basic need of protecting and having a home, a place to reside. The foundation is what's necessary. And that's what we're talking about when we, when we talk about habits. The habits are the foundation of the relationship. It's the things that happen from day to day and then week to week and month to month and build up to year and year, right? It's not grand gestures, although they may be nice to have in a relationship, it's really the habits that build a healthy relationship. So we really want to get into those little things that happen from day to day that build a really healthy, robust relationship. Hey, Jade, I have a question for you. Yeah? Do you like peanut butter? Oh, I love peanut butter. What's your favorite things to have with peanut butter? Rye bread. Rye bread yeah. and peanut butter. That's good. Have you ever tried kimchi and peanut butter? I know you're Korean, so maybe you've tried some kimchi and peanut butter? No, I think that's illegal. What? <laughs> I, I, I haven't I challenge, tried. I challenge anybody to uh, have a kimchi peanut butter sandwich. It's probably better than you think it is. I say probably because I actually haven't tried it either. But the reason I'm bringing up peanut butter is because we love it, and we like to dedicate two segments every podcast to... Creamy peanut butter and crunchy peanut butter. And usually we separate the two. But this week, we're combining creamy and crunchy all under one section. So we'll be talking about the five habits and what they look like when everything's going right. That's our creamy. And at the same time, talking about some things that might not work out well under each habit. That's our crunchy or things that will take a little bit more effort. So let's dig into it. Jade, Yeah. what's our habit number one? The number one habit 
is active listening, and we call it I hear ya. Yeah, I hear ya. Now, by number one, we don't mean it's the most important. Although, if I were to rank these five, I'd put this one near the top. I think because active listening can be one of the most important foundational elements in a relationship that can help any situation, any circumstance that you're going through in your relationship. And what do we mean by active listening? Is it jumping up and down or doing exercises while you're listening to your partner? Not、right. really. <laughs> no, but I know that's what you like to do, regardless of what's happening. Is be very active physically while you're listening to me.、Uh, but no, that's not what we're talking about here. By active listening, we mean actively engaging verbally, actively engaging mentally, and maybe actually actively engaging physically too via body language. So what that looks like is keep an eye contact with your partner, reflecting what they say back to them, and then asking if, "Hey, did I understand that correctly? Is this what you meant by that?" Things like that, and then also asking questions, engaging them back and forth in a conversation. When we say active listening, just remember it's not passive listening. A lot of people think when it comes to listening, it is a passive action, but actually, listening is not passive. You need a lot of proactivity.、Uh, yeah, it's definitely more active than passive. And I think where we go wrong and where it gets a little crunchy is when we treat it as a passive activity, when we treat it as something that I can do while doing something else. It's something I can do while I'm texting a friend or. A work buddy on my phone, or searching for something, or doing any other thing, playing video games while talking to my partner. But active listening, actually, you need to be fully engaged during that time. There can be times, I'm sure, where your partner is talking and you might not need to be fully engaged. It might be something, just a passing conversation. I'm not. We're not saying every single conversation you have with your partner must be. Fully engaged, one hundred percent active listening, but in general, when the subject matter calls for it, you want to you want to show that you're actively listening to what your partner has to say. When you want your partner to know that you are interested in them and you're interested in their thoughts, yeah, and stay present. So our thoughts. Often go to the past or the future or、uh, maybe your work. So you got to make sure intentionally you bring back your energy to the conversation that's happening right now. And when there is something that you want to be heard, then raise your hand. I mean, literally, maybe you can raise your hand, but you need to communicate with your partner. Hey, this is really important for you to be present. And can you give me ten minutes? Can you give me fifteen minutes? Or if you can't do it now, can we do this in an hour so that you create the space, which is really important. And I think you bring up something very important: is is making this intentionally making this into something that the two of you do together. And you might need to have a communication about that to get that done. So it might not come naturally at first. It might be a habit that is built up where. It's a lot of passive listening is happening in the relationship, so it's going to take some time. And it's going to take some communication from one or both of them in the relationship to be like, okay, I think now is a good time that we actually pay attention to each other, and I think we should just have a conversation 
where we're not doing anything else. Good tip, actually. Uh, my tip, uh, when I was studying coaching, one of the things that we did was listening. And when, uh, when we did this activity, I was actually surprised how I wasn't a good listener. I thought I was a really good listener. And this activity was you give the other person five minutes and you only listen and you're not allowed to take any notes and you have to say it back at what they were saying. When I was doing it, I was so surprised how much energy is involved to do that. And it's five minutes before this happened and I couldn't remember what they were saying. And when we're with a partner, they are saying something and just imagine that I need to uh, repeat this back to that person, then you're going to find yourself being present. Kind of like, you know, I've been a teacher for some time. It's kind of like we, we tell our students, you know, it's one thing to know your subject material and be able to regurgitate it back on a test. But it's a whole nother thing. You understand the material so much better if you're able to teach it to someone else, right? It's kind of a similar thing. If you're actively listening, you'll be able to repeat what was just said back to the other person with some understanding involved, right? Understanding of what they gave you. And I think that's what's beautiful about active listening is once you've practiced it for a while and once you've done it over and over again and both parties are taking part in it, then there will be moments where insights are gained and shared upon sharing back and forth. Like one person might say something and the other one's like, hey, but have you looked at this situation from this perspective? Did you ever realize this about that? And that can be some beautiful moments in the relationship when both parties are so dialed in that you're seeing patterns that maybe the other person didn't notice. Yeah. I love those moments. I love those moments too. Yeah. You know, one thing that I think, Jade, you mentioned, you know, you had troubles in that activity about listening and then throwing it back is I know that you get this practice almost on a daily basis in our relationship because I have to communicate with your family quite often and your family only speaks Korean and my Korean is very limited. So that requires you to be the translator and you have to be fully engaged in every conversation both ways so that you understand what is being told to you in Korean and in English, and then be able to regurgitate it back in the other language. And it's amazing. And I think you get a lot of practice of this and uh, I envy your active listening skills. <laughs> I, yeah, I actually, I didn't, I never thought it that way, but I do get a lot of practice out of it. Yeah, mm. it's amazing. All right, let's move on to habit number two, which I have named couch cuddles. What this is referring to is just having some small intimacies, small physical intimacies between you and your partner. We're not talking about large, gross intimacies. And by gross, I just mean big, not gross, gross, <laughs> but just the small ones. And for us, the reason I put couch cuddles, because, because for Jade and I, that often is us on the couch, just sitting close and often cuddling as we watch something late at night before we go to bed or in bed right before sleep, just cuddling a little bit before we fall asleep. And it's just these small physical intimacies that can build up over time to create a stronger bond. Maybe it's just a kiss goodbye 
before someone goes to work. Yeah. And sometimes it feels like it's a big thing to initiate when you're not used to. But when you initiate enough, then it becomes like a second nature. And that just creates the bond between two people. And I try to hold your hand or put my arm around you or just little kiss on your cheek and things like that because I think that creates a big moment. Yeah. And it might look different. It will look different from relationship to relationship. It's not going to be the same for everybody. What's comfortable for one person might not be comfortable for another. So we're not saying you need to force something on. You need to, you definitely need to be couch cuddling every night. No, not at all. I wouldn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll have to have that conversation with your partner and find out what works for the two of you for these small physical intimacies. Yeah. Especially for me, when we're arguing or when we have a disagreement and we're coming back to resolution, then I'd like to have a little bit of physical touch with you so that I feel connected. We're a team in this together. You know, I'm not saying we manipulate the situation or anything, but I'd like to feel connected to come to better resolution. And I think this brings us to maybe the crunchy side of things with this habit is it reminds me of, yeah, I know you in our relationship do enjoy that little physical intimacy when, especially when things aren't maybe were maybe not aligned at the moment or having an argument. You like that as kind of a introduction to towards resolution. But for me, that the physical intimacy becomes so much more difficult when we're unbalanced in some way or we're having an argument. It's really hard for me to take that first step towards physical intimacy until we've had some verbal communication. So the crunchy side of this is you're going to have to know like what works for your partner. You're going to have to have that communication. So your partner might not be comfortable with a certain type of physical intimacy or a certain time period in which you're having it. Or if you're unbalanced or you're having an argument and you're you're feeling maybe not so well emotionally at the moment, you have to know like whether your partner wants that physical attention now or not. And this is we'll just have to you'll just have to work that out. And it might lead to some crunchy uncomfortableness at times. Let's move on to number three then. So number three is we are a team. It's all about teamwork, baby. And for this habit, I want to pass it over to Jade because I think you have some eloquent words about working as a team. Well, team mindset is so important and it's really difficult to have when we're in argument because often our brain goes to defend ourselves. I'm right, he's wrong. And it's really difficult to have that team mindset. But when I say team mindset, what that means is that it's not me versus you. It's more us versus the problem. And I it's, love that. Yeah, it's very different approach when we see that way. So I can give you an example. So if I'm being late regularly and that starts to affect you and you get annoyed by that, instead of you coming against me and saying, hey, you're always late and that's the problem, you need to fix this, then even if that's the truth, I probably will get very defensive about it because I feel like my being is rejected, right? If you bring up 
as in like, hey, we're a team here together and the time management maybe is the problem and we have different view on time management and maybe for you it's not that important, but it is important to me. So can we have a chat about it? And can we maybe have a brainstorming session so we can maybe meet in the middle? Yeah, that's great. It kind of reminds me of actual teams on the sporting field, right? If you're on a team, a basketball team, let's say, and you're constantly blaming your teammates when things go wrong and not treating it as, hey, we have a problem with turnovers. We need to address this as a team rather than, hey, you, you're always turning the ball over. Your, your teams is going to just fall apart in that case. And what I think is a really key word, a key difference that in the language that I've noticed when we're working as a team versus when we're working as individuals is the you versus I or you versus we, right? So if you're in an argument or even in some sort of mild conflict and you begin to feel yourself saying statements that begin with you, like you are always late or you're always nagging me, these you statements are going to immediately put the other one on the other person on the defensive, immediately put you in this righteousness frame of mind. Instead, if we can reframe that into I or we, just as like you were talking about previously. So can can we talk about this issue? Because it's really important to me. And I don't think we're seeing eye to eye on it. And I'd love to make sure that we're on the same page. And that can be difficult in the moment. And that's where it becomes crunchy a little bit is in that moment, in the middle of an argument, tempers are high, emotions are high, and it can be super difficult to remind yourself that, hey, we're on a team here. We've both, we're both entered into this relationship because we want to be here together. And right now in this moment, I don't feel that way, but I, I, I want to remember that. I want to embody that. So what does that look like? But that can be difficult. And I think we're going to talk about that later in a, a future habit here. Number five, but for now, let's just hint at it, that there is something that you can do to help when those emotions are high, the tempers are high, besides just trying to have that intentional, we're on a team thought. Yeah, we're in a team. And I think it's quite similar to always try to assume the best intention. And it is really difficult to do that because our brain jumps to whatever is logical in some sense. And when we are jumping into their assumption of like they're trying to harm me, they're trying to upset me and things like that, that's never going to make anything great. Yeah. I remember an argument we had recently. I actually don't remember what we were arguing about, but... We went to bed mad and I woke up the next morning still upset and you you were not so upset. I think you had like whatever anger had passed for you, but I was still upset and I wanted, I was thinking I was righteous and thinking you need to come to me and apologize. I was waiting for that and waiting. And then I realized, I don't know what, it just clicked in me like, hey, she loves you and she does. She's not trying to hurt you here. So just go to her and treat her like you're on the same team. So I just went up to you and gave you a hug 
And then from there, like all that anger that I held, all that righteousness I held just kind of melted away and we were able to to talk it out. Yeah. And move on. Yeah. It only took us like three minutes. I mean, it, sometimes it takes longer, but in that moment, you came and have a little cheeky smile on your face and gave me a hug and, hey, just, you know, I'm still a little bit upset. And, you know, that gesture that you did was uh, enough for me to be curious. Hey, what's up? I wasn't sure if you were okay, but now you came to me. Now you gave me an opportunity to have a chat. And it's not always going to be that way. Sometimes, you know, maybe I'm still upset and things like that. So it's not going to be smooth. But just trying that and attempting, I think that's what, what, all that matters. Definitely. Yeah. Like you said, it's not always going to be that smooth. And even if you, whatever the situation is, even if logically you're 100% righteous in, the, in whatever imaginary conflict you're having, even if you're 100% right, it doesn't behoove you to to treat the situation as if me versus him or me versus her, mm. All right? It doesn't help. So it's a good question to ask, is it useful? Right. And we're talking about situations or conflicts in which both sides are, you know, in a relationship together because they want to be, because they love the other person. You know, it's a different situation if we're talking about a relationship that one or both parties aren't fully invested in be, being present. All right, so let's move on to habit number four. Habit number four is respecting individual goals. As a couple, it can be so easy sometimes to just go into everything us doing together. And that creates expectations, right? So when he doesn't do this with me, I get upset because there was an expectation. And I think uh, I have noticed with a lot of couples, they've been together for a long time. They definitely respect individual goals and the space. So they, they always give space to be individual and allowing and accepting them to change or evolve or just be, be who they are. And I think it sounds almost obvious to my ears, but in practice, it's not that easy to let it go of certain expectations you might have of your partner, uh, expectations and things that you're used to expecting from your partner, especially when they're going through a change or they're trying to make a change in their life. And it's in those moments where our brain wants one thing from the partner, but we're receiving something else. And I think our, our first reaction, unfortunately, is some sort of rejection. Like that can't be happening. That's not who that person is. I think that the reason we want to bring this up as a habit, even though it might seem, seem obvious, is because in practice, it can be difficult. And we need, we need to have some sort of strong awareness that this is maybe something to be conscious of possibly happening, right? Is this separation of what I expect versus what I'm getting my partner. Yeah, and it, I think the language even saying like getting can create really high expectations. So really truly understand one person can't be everything for you, right? So say, for example, I love going to yoga 
and I love traveling. I love all these other things that maybe you don't like. And I love traveling. I know, I know. Like I'm just talking about yoga. So if if I expect you to come to yoga class with me, just because it's important to me, and I think it's one thing to you just come to a couple of classes with me, and appreciating that your attempt and try you're trying, versus my expectation is a good husband or good partner should do all the things that I do, just like what other people do. Right, and that can be really dangerous because now we're expecting uh, just one person to do so many different roles. And I think when it comes to this, it's really important that you sit down and write down what are your non-negotiables. For example, for me, if you're a smoker or you drink a lot or you're eating a lot of processed foods, these health habits could be deal breaker. What if, you know, I'm not into, obviously, I'm not a big smoker, I'm not a drinker, and you know, I enjoy an occasional bite of processed food, but not too often. But what if, I don't know, say it's something a little bit more closer to something you enjoy, like our morning routine, getting up and going to the gym together. What if I said, you know what, I think I'm good. I don't want to do that anymore. Is that something that is a non-negotiable for you? No, they're okay. I can just do it by myself and I'm happy. And I have been doing it by myself before I met you. (laughs) So it's not going to be something that's going to break the deal. And I think just understand what they are and realign. Yeah. And you might not have, you know, you might not know immediately like these are my non-negotiables. It might be something that you accrue over time or notice over time. And when that happens, you just have to have that conversation and it might be difficult, but it's better than just hiding it or having an expectation that it's never verbalized. Yeah. And maybe a crunchy part for this is don't ever pretend it's okay if it's not okay, right? That's a boundary issue. And I see that a lot in the early part of the dating because we want to feel accepted and we see something maybe we don't like and we pretend or we just try not to look at it and then we just move on so that we are accepted. But I think that's a huge red flag. Yeah, if you find yourself hiding something or pushing it away or ignoring it because you want to be seem cool or you're maybe really into really into the other person for a variety of reasons, but that one thing really bugs you and you just want to ignore it for now, that can be that can definitely lead to some issues down the road, right? If it's not verbalized or communicated. Yeah. If you like bring up sooner, it's better because it's not gonna be as comfortable if you're like holding it for ten years and bring that up. The other person would be like what? You're bringing this now and I had no idea. So you're almost like being disrespectful for that person. That reminds me, baby, I have something that I want to get off my shoulders, a confession of sorts that I've been holding in. I really, really love peanut butter. Is that going to be okay with you? Yeah, I already knew that. Oh, okay. Not a surprise. Shall we move on to Habit number five, our final habit, which is 
hitting the pause button. And what we mean by this, and this kind of goes back to the previous habit, teamwork, being on the team, is hitting the pause button in a conflict when you feel the tension's high or the emotions are high, the anger is high, just being able to pause, verbalize, hey, I need some time, and then step away. And that time away may vary from couple to couple, but it could be a minute to a day, depending on the situation, depending on the couple. But hitting that pause button before moving right into something reactionary, something defensive, something righteous. It's really important because instead of reacting, you can responding. And reacting and responding, they are so, so different. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so reaction is more like the automatic response when somebody hits you and like, you like swear at them. <laughs> Whereas responding is like you pause and collect your thoughts and really being intentional what you're going to say so that you don't regret later on and you don't have to hurt the other person to get something out of it. Because ultimately it goes back to our habit number three, which is you're on a team, all right? So taking that pause just to remember that fact can help tremendously. Yeah, another important thing is maybe some people need more pause than other people. Then when your partner is like, hey, I needed some time, then give space, like we said it previously, allowing the other person to process their own emotions and then maybe ask them like, hey, do you want any support? Can I do anything to help you? Do you just need space? You know, just asking, being curious and things like that, that's going to help the other person to feel free to have a pause. And when the other person's ready, they can come and have a chat and then a lot more productive. Yeah, what I really love about this hitting the pause is for me, it in our relationship, and I spoke to this earlier, is it allows me the time to, to reflect on who I want to be moving forward in the conflict. Do I want to be the righteous one? Do I want to hold on to that anger, that resentment, or whatever the, the emotion might be? Or do I want to treat it as if we're on a team? Or do I want to move forward remembering that, hey, Jade loves you, all right? You may be hurt. And she may have said something that hurt you, but it was unintentional. Let's move forward under those circumstances. And that, that time away from the conflict gives me that moment to reflect and come to that, come to that realization. And it takes, it takes time for me to get there because I am in that moment feeling so righteous, feeling so strong about whatever emotion I'm holding that I just can't let go of it. I just can't let go of it immediately. It takes some time. Sometimes I sometimes in some conflicts it is easier than others for me. Sometimes no problem I can like switch gears and be like, "Oh yeah. Okay. Just cool it and let's proceed with more empathy and understanding." And that usually looks like curiosity. What why did you say that or I don't understand where you were coming from there. Can you explain where you're coming from? Something like that along those lines. Mm, yeah, like one of my favorite sentences to start is, help me understand. 
So it's not like, hey, why did you do that? That's like a blaming. Instead, we can just say, hey, I want to understand you. Help me understand. And this request puts the other person into not very reactive mode. Oh, okay. She wants to understand me. I'm going to help. And that's very different. It's the same situation, but just using different words, how to approach that would have different results. Where it gets crunchy, I think, uh, is when you when you say these, when you're using these phrases, is also be aware of your tone. All right. So it, this is this is also a good reason for pausing because if we don't pause and let ourselves cool down a little bit, we might have the right intention with our words. We might be saying one of these helpful phrases like, "Help me understand." But our tone is saying something else. So it might be like, I don't understand. Can you help me understand where you're coming from? Versus like, I don't understand what's happening here. Tell me what's going on because I don't understand. Right? There's a little bit of difference in tone there. Yeah. And also, I think another thing is um, giving up ahead of time. When we face something like this uncomfortable conflict, like only a few times even, then our brain likes to create patterns and then just going and thinking, oh, he would never understand me. Oh, he's always going to be that way. Oh, this is not going to work. And I've tried everything. And you probably tried like three things. And as if you're saying like you've tried 500 things and giving up ahead of time or saying something like, oh, it didn't work last time. So it's not going to work the next time. And I think it's going to be very dangerous to have when we have that kind of mindset because we're closing down the opportunity to even heal and move forward. Yeah, you're guaranteeing failure. You're guaranteeing that there's no team opportunity. All right, I think that about does it for our episode. Just to recap those five habits, number one was active listening, or I hear ya. Number two, couch cuddles, or little physical intimacies. Number three, we are a team. Teamwork. Number four was respecting the other person's personal growth in space and goals. And number four was hit the pause button. Take a moment away when needed. All right. Thanks again for joining us. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Uh, <laughs> bye. Bye. If today's conversation resonated with you, don't forget to subscribe on your platform of choice. Your feedback also means the world to us. It's a moment to leave a review and let us know your thoughts. That would be amazing. And if you have any questions, feel free to email us at daniel at intermeetsouter.com or jade at jade at intermeetsouter.com. And that's jade with a Y. And for a regular dose of love and inspiration, make sure to check out and subscribe to Intermeets Outer's newsletter, and you can see that at intermeetsouter.com, where we also have so many other resources that we speak about in the show. So thanks for tuning in. Until next time, keep nurturing that beautiful connection between your inner self and the outer world. We love you.